Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com. Here with a name you know. You see him on AEW Dynamite Wednesday at 8 on TNT. Sometimes you see him on AEW Dark on Tuesdays. And they got full gear coming up on pay-per-view Sunday, November 7th. Scorpio Sky, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You were actually a part of one of my earliest viral internet video moments. The first time I saw Scorpio Sky was a match with Human Tornado, or a clip, rather. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The Beat It. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, that might have been like, I mean, not even might have. That, that had to be the very first thing that I ever did that broke out. And it, obviously, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think back. I don't even really think viral existed at that time, or at least the term. I don't remember it. And, um, you know, we just... We had a funny idea. We did it. And then next thing we know, like for the next couple of years, it was just blown up on, on the internet. So yeah, it's kind was, of funny that still comes up. I was telling my wife that I was interviewing you and she was familiar with the clip because I'd shown it to her years ago. And it's wild to go back and look at it in stunning 144p quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. It was, pretty, it was bad. like I was trying to make out the pixels and I was like, I, I think he's wearing a mask back then too. Because I mean, that was back in your mask days. How did you adjust from working in a mask to working without a mask? It was honestly pretty easy. I mean, working in a mask is not, it's, it's hard, especially the one I had. It was a complete, just cover everything mask. My mouth was closed. My eyes were closed. Everything was closed. And so, you know, you do have like moments of claustrophobia or more than anything sometimes because I had like this mesh over my eyes. So sometimes the light would hit you in certain areas and like you kind of like almost go blind. So wrestling, you know, or if your mask turns or anything, you know, the middle of a a move or something. So wrestling in a mask was kind of hard. The only thing that I would say was a benefit was I think when when I messed up having the mask, it just, you know, when you you get embarrassed, it has that you have that moment where you want to crawl into a hole. That mask kind of was that hole. (laughs) And so now you're just out there and, and free and, and you just feel naked if you mess up. 
And around, I want to say around that same time, you were on Wrestling Society X as well. You've had unique experience in almost every televised company over the last, really, 12, 13 years. I know you've done some stuff with WWE. You'd appeared in Ring of Honor. You'd done some stuff with New Japan, with Impact. How do those stack up to what you've been doing with AEW, whether it be on TV over the last year or just as a whole over the last couple of years? Well, very different. Um, all the other things I did were very, very small roles. I, I will appeared with TNA off and on for maybe six months, uh, but nothing consistent. WWE was just a few, you know, I think it was like two weeks and a non-wrestling role. Uh, New Japan, I didn't do any TV or anything. I did their, um, I did one of their like live events. I don't even, I don't even think it was a pay-per-view or anything. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was, but. I did one of their live events in Long Beach, and obviously I ran their L.A. Dojo with Shibata. Um, you know, Wrestling Society X, I had a couple of good moments on, but, uh, you know, all of them were really, really small roles. And with AEW, obviously, I've had the opportunity to uh, be a stronger character and, and you know, a, bi- a bigger profile. Obviously, I was a champion, and, and I've been in the eyes of the fans a little bit more than I was in the other companies. So it's a completely different experience. For me, coming to AEW almost made me feel like a rookie again because I was just – I knew I knew how to wrestle on TV. I've wrestled on TV a bunch of times, whether it be local on the you know mainstream stage. But just the little things that you pick up along the way that are so different from wrestling on the indies or wrestling in, you know, companies in general, everything is highlighted. Any little tiny little thing that you could get away with on the indie circuit is just magnified on television. So it really sharpens your tools. So that I would say that was a huge difference. So yeah, wrestling society X was taped and pretty heavily edited. You had ring of honor who was owned by the broadcast company in which shows them AEW is in a bit of a different situation because they are, in a very fruitful partnership with TNT, were there any adjustments? Like, were there any changes, like things that you looked at and you said, okay, I've never done things this way before? Um, not really. Because like I said, I've done live TV before. I, I, obviously, I've done plenty of tape TV, but I've done live TV before, even if it wasn't... Um, regularly but all the uh, the impact stuff i did was live and they were drawing really good ratings back then you know they were drawing ratings probably comparable to what we're doing so it was at a at a big uh at a big level big level so i'm I'm not i can't really think of too many things that like i'm sure there are a few small things that i haven't done before that i'm like this is different but um you know not that comes to mind nothing huge this past year in particular has been big as far as gaining experience for any wrestler because you're experiencing something nobody's ever been through with the pandemic. You ended up working some matches at the BTE compound uh, for, for being the elite. What's that experience like? Cause I mean, I know that everything during this period is a little bit different, a little unusual, but uh, BTE does things bare bones and it's a proven formula that, that works. How was that process for you? Honestly, it wasn't that much of an adjustment. Uh, you know, wrestling you know, for, for Moxley going to what we're doing now, you know, obviously he wasn't at the BTE compound, but like the number of shows that we've done in front of no fans, 
that's probably a huge adjustment to him. But I spent most of my career on the Indies and I might wrestle in front of anywhere from a thousand fans to I've wrestled in front of, you know, two fans. So it was, you know, doing the BTE thing and in front of my friends and having, you know, a good time really wasn't that big of an adjustment. I think the, the hardest thing about it, about it was I hadn't wrestled in a while. Like I hadn't wrestled in a month or two. So I was just rusty as hell. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to go through that. And I'm actually still kind of going through it. You know, the, the quarantine and lockdown and not being able to go to the gym and, and not being able to work out and, and get in the ring and, and do things like I even to this day, I only feel like as a wrestling performer, I'm probably 70% of what I think I should be. Um, I just found a reliable gym this week. So all of my workouts have been kind of home workouts. Things kind of hurt a little bit more because you can't be as active as you'd like to be. So I'm not in as good a shape as I'd like to be. Um, as far as ring shape, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I had that long stretch where, you know, we were stuck in California, so we couldn't wrestle. Then, um, you know, obviously you come back, but, you know, television, it's, it's, it's different. You're not regularly getting matches like you would on the Indies where you can go work for one company here this week and another company the next day and another company the next day. You're getting those reps. Uh, you know, it's different with television. You're not going to get regular reps. So, um, in general, uh, it, it's just a lot harder now with everything that's happened this year. But going back to your question, you know, the BTE stuff was a lot of fun. It's always fun to do BTE and, and uh, the audience is so loyal and uh, they respond to things and, and, you know, planting little seeds for things you want to do are always fun. And working with all those guys, you know, it's always the best experience. I mean, a, a lot of all in, I would say, was helped built off of the success of being the elite and all the personalities like that, that you and Frankie and Christopher Daniels showed on there, like the, the worst town I've ever been in. I mean, that you go to venues and everybody gets it. Everybody knows when, when there are fans now. But I mean, that, that's worked out really well for you, uh, the, the being the elite thing. How, how were you first approached by maybe the young bucks about doing bits on BTE. Well, we were all traveling together in ring of honor, the uh, young bucks, me, Frankie, Chris, and um, you know, we were always doing cross country from California to Baltimore or New York or Philly or wherever it was. And we always had like the worst flight itinerary, you know, it was always like, you know, maybe catch your flight at midnight if it's not delayed and then you fly all night to one city, which is usually Atlanta because it's Delta and then from Atlanta to whatever town you're going to get in and you land at anywhere between seven and 9 AM. And then you work out and then you eat and then you head straight to the building and you're exhausted and you're in a bad mood. And sometimes the, the, uh, the cities you're in are the more than likely the cities you're in are the shits. And so we were always complaining about it. And we were like, I, and it was always like, God, I can't wait to just get back to SoCal um, kind of in a tongue in cheek way. And I think it was Matt Jackson at one point was saying, I want to put you guys on BT and just have you just do this. Just have you uh, say, you know, bury whatever town you guys are in and then shout SCU at the end of it. And I was the one that uh, I said, uh, I'm just going to let you, uh, Frankie, Chris, I'm going to let you guys be the creative ones. You guys just say, you guys say, you know, fun, different things each time. I'm just going to say the same thing every single time. And that's, this is the worst sound I've ever been. And it's funny because 
But when I came up with the line, I thought to myself, I was like, ah, if it gets over, maybe we could put it on a t-shirt or something. Yeah. And flash forward, it's like the best selling shirt that the three of us individually or together have ever, ever had. And we've had a number of spinoff shirts that have, you know, just done so, so well for us. And it, it, it all is BTE. You know, I have to give all the credit to BTE and to Matt and Nick. They knew it was going to work. I mean, they knew it was going to work before we did. Uh, speaking of giving credit, I can't count the number of wrestlers I've talked to over the last two years that say, Christopher Daniels got me into this company, whether it be Ring of Honor, AEW, whatever it may be. He does a lot of recruiting. He does a lot of helping out. We've Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply seen some people like Eric Watts that you've teamed with in the past popping up on, on AEW TV and the crowd, all that. Is that something that you ever do? I mean, we also hear about Britt Baker who put in good words for Kylie Ray, Wardlow, Ben Carter. Is that something you're constantly on the lookout for? And when you're wrestling talent like Ray Rosas or Will Hobbs, are, are they asking for your feedback and saying, what do you think of these guys? I'm always looking at guys. I know I don't always recommend people because I don't want to be that guy that's uh, always, you know, there's always those guys that are always trying to get their friends hired and, and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not, you know, sometimes you can, you can clearly see the difference. Like, Oh, this guy is talented and this guy is a friend. And so um, I don't want to be that guy. So I'm pretty selective, but I am always looking at guys. Uh, I have, you know, throwing some names out there over the course of the beginning up until now. And, um, you know, people can kind of look at them and then if they like them, they can do something with them. And if not, then, you know, uh, we move on to the next one. So, uh, you know, to answer the question, of course, I'm always going to look and see what's going to make the product better and what can, you know, what talent that I know that's out there that deserves the opportunity and um, as far as, you know, they don't have to come to me and say, what do I think of this guy or that guy or anything like that? Because it's really not my decision. If anything, I could just be a link and say, hey, why don't you take a look at this guy? And um, then it's out of my hands. I'm really interested in your, your MMA experience. We cover MMA heavily on Fightful and you had several fights. And I, I know that a couple of years ago you said you'd pretty much focused on pro wrestling. That's where your bread was buttered and you didn't have as much time to do that. How much do you draw off of your MMA experience and the crossover there? Uh, I mean, we, we've seen, especially over the last five years, just an insane number of people cross over, whether it be from wrestling to MMA or MMA to wrestling. You know, I used to do a lot of stuff 
uh, involving MMA in my matches. Um, you know, I, I even before I, I fought, because I've always been a fan of, of mixed martial arts. And so, you know, when, whether it would be like leg kicks or, or certain types of strikes or way of evading strikes. Um, I remember you can go back to like 2003, 2004, I was using a triangle choke as, as a finishing move. And people didn't even know what the triangle choke was back yeah. then. Everyone was like, oh, what, you know, how does it work? You know, I'd ask people like, or not, I'd ask, people would ask me like, well, how does it work? Like, you know, what do you, you know, what does it do? You know, commentary. So I said, oh, let me put you in it so you can see. You know, yes. So you know how to talk, you know, how to talk about it, you know, or, you know, around that same time I was doing, you know, flying knees for Muay Thai or, or, or clinch and knee strikes and that sort of thing. And I've kind of gotten away from it because everybody does it. Well, you know, you'll see triangle chokes all the time. You're always seeing like head kicks and, and knees, knee strikes specifically. I mean, everybody's doing knee strikes now. And so I just try to get away and I'm always trying to think of how to be different. And, and a lot of it just goes back to actually the reason why I started doing MMA stuff in my matches was years and years and years ago. I was still, I'm maybe I was like two years into the business. I was watching, I think it was a PWG show or something. And I wasn't booked that day. So I was just watching it. And um, every single match was kind of similar. Everyone did like a lot of the same stuff every time. And so I was like, man, except one guy, his name was Scott Lost. He was a guy who's local. You've interviewed him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He was a local guy out SoCal um, far, far, far before his time. And he did a lot of things. Like he was the only one to me as a wrestler that stood out that day because he did different things. Everything he did was different. The way he moved was different. And that kind of changed my my mindset for the rest of my career because now still to this day i'll watch the shows i'm on and i'll think okay how can i how can i be different what's everybody doing look at the patterns and try to be different from that even when it comes to dives you know you see a lot of dives in wrestling matches today so i did i did dive in like the tag title match with ftr but before that i hadn't did a di- i haven't done a dive since uh February, something like yeah. that, January, you know, six months or something like it. It's been a long time. So I was like, all right, everybody's doing dives. Let me see if I can get away from that. Everybody's going to the apron. Everybody's going to the floor. Let me keep my matches in the ring just to be different, you know? And, um, you know, going back to your question, I'm, I'm kind of going in circles. A lot no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but going back to your question, I went to an MMA style because of that, because I saw everybody was doing the same thing. And I was like, all right, well, people aren't really doing MMA stuff. Let me do MMA stuff. And then now, People are starting to, you know, over the last several years, people have started to do MMA stuff. So now I've kind of circled around and I've kind of gone back to, you know, the big thing now is kind of MMA and now it's a lot of flipping. It's a lot of like, uh, you know, flip, flip, drop kick and, you know, like yeah. really aerial wrestling has come back. Springboard, springboard, springboard. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, there's no way I can do that as well as Phoenix. So I'm not going to try to even do it. Um, so let me just go back to a technical base. So I went back to my roots and started watching Bret Hart matches and, and like, okay, let's bring back the backbreaker and the Russian leg sweep. And let's just be a really technically sound base because we're not getting a lot of that these days. So I'm always just trying to evolve, man. You, you get some inspiration from like Mikel Pereira and do like moonsaults on the people off the cage. He's, he's been doing that. Did you see the uh, Joaquin Buckley KO this past weekend? That that the, uh, the, the, the yeah that was pretty amazing i was like i felt bad for the guy that got knocked out of I'm course like, that's a highlight that's a highlight for a long time of course cool, yeah though. and i mean that very rarely do you see those guys reemerge and sort of redefine themselves either which is which is a bummer like 
Terry Adam never came back after that that uh, Edson Barboza wheel kick KO. It's always oh, yeah. just him going stiff and falling over. So, uh, th- I mean, there's a lot of MMA influence that I love in pro wrestling. Like, almost everybody knows to turn their hips on kicks now. Like, you'll watch a lot of yep. 80s stuff, and you'll see people throw some of those kicks, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, they, they just man, didn't know. I see that still to this day, and it kind of gets to me. I Sometimes I want to pull guys aside and say, hey, man, let me show you how to throw this kick. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, I, I mean, that's probably a little extreme. But, I mean, there's little things there's little things that I'll do that aren't even physically wrestling. Like, um, I did this for years and years and years, and I just recently started doing it again a little bit in AEW. Is You know, Anderson Silva and Rashad Evans would come to the ring, and obviously other guys started doing it. First it was Anderson, then it was Rashad, that, from what I saw, then John Jones, then uh, Conor McGregor. Just right before the fight, crouching down in the yeah. corner. You know what I'm saying? I did that for years and years and years because I was a huge Anderson Silva and Rashad Evans fan. And so I just kind of started doing that again. And uh, just in a mindset, I always kind of try to go into matches as if it's a fight. You know, I I always kind of want to feel like a fight. Like to me, there's nothing like that big fight feel, man. Like a Pacquiao fight, a Mayweather fight, Bernard Hopkins, GSP, you know what I mean? Like, when it's a big fight and you're on the edge of your seat and you're like, oh man, you're like, you're, your heart's pumping. You're like, oh man, I don't want my guy to get knocked out. Or like, don't get caught. Please don't get caught. And you're like on the edge of your seat for the first couple of rounds. There's nothing like that. And so I'm always trying to create that like nervous tension in my matches where you just don't quite know what's going to happen when you're going into it. It's one of the things I love about AEW. It's winners facing winners at the top in title matches, unless it's like an open challenge or something. Somebody who's on a winning streak against somebody who's on a winning streak. Uh, as we wrap up, one of those times was you taking on Chris Jericho. Uh, you were the first person to pin Jericho. What kind of feedback did you get from him leading into that match after you guys had your match? Any of that? Well, you know, we had the tag match first, which was good. Um, I liked it. Uh and then we had the promo the next week where we kind of went face to face. And th- that was the most fun thing for me personally, because I think Chris Jericho is one of the best talkers in the business, you know, past, present. And, you know, even if you look in the future, it's going to be hard to compete with a guy on that level. I think anyone would agree. He's, he's amazing. And um, actually not that long before that, I think maybe a week or two before that, there was one with Jericho and MJF face-to-face and MJF is one of the best in the business today too. So I was just like, Oh man, like I know I'm not on the level of those two guys when it comes to talking. So I didn't want people to compare my face-to-face with Jericho to the MJF face-to-face with Jericho and just see, Oh, see this, there's levels, there's levels, you know, he's clearly not on the level of those guys. So I was like, I really got to knock it out of the park. And so I was hyped up going into that one, man. And um, it was a lot of fun. Some of it was talked about. Some of it was improv. And um, we just had a blast. And I think it got over. And I I think people still to this day kind of bring it up to me. And then we had the match, obviously. And the match, I felt, was really good for its time. It would be so much better today because um, I just wasn't a singles wrestler at that time. I had been doing tag teams, whether it be two-on-two or three-on-three for pretty solid a couple of years at that point and so i was like as as rusty as it got when it came to singles matches so it was just kind of like you know i wasn't at my best when it came to my wind or when it came to just execution of my moves and and that intensity level and so i thought it was good but i'm always a critic of myself and so you know 
Jericho liked it and he told me that he really enjoyed working with me and he can work with me anytime. And, um, you know, that was a great compliment. You know, he, he talked about like, if this was like, you know, the old days where you'd go on the road, he's like, I could work with you every night on the, on a tour. And I was like, that's really cool yeah. to hear. And so, but hopefully him and I will get to get in there again. Cause I think I'm evolving and getting better now. I'm still not where I want to be, but, and I guess I probably never will be where I want to be, you know, because you're always chasing that next step. But uh, I, I think I'm a lot better as a singles wrestler now than I was then. Reminder, guys, you can check out Scorpio Sky every Wednesday, TNT, at 8 p.m. Eastern. You got full gear coming up early November. And you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Scorpio Sky. Scorpio, thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.